Hello, my name is Marianne Bowers. I'm Russ Hanley. And we're back again for another episode of the podcast of the podcast. Finally. <laughs> um so school, I'm very excited because school's almost out, so hopefully we can do this more often and I don't forget. Um and today I think we're gonna be talking about uh the different odd jobs that my grandpa had besides um working in the army and having a top secret clearance. So um Yes, start with the first one. Okay, well, that you had. Um, actually, uh, the, my very first job was as a, a grocery bagger, and uh, when I was in, high, well, no, that wasn't my first job. Oh, we got my more. first job was when <laughs> I was thirteen, and I uh, was uh, hired by this family to. Um, to, to nurse a horse back to health. Oh, uh, yeah, and you talked about that. I talked about that before, yeah. Uh, but then, um, so that made me very interested in veterinary medicine. And um, then uh, I, I went to work at, uh, when I was later, in, when I moved back to the States and I was in college, uh, I worked as a bagger in a, in the commissary at uh, Air oh. Force Base where my father was. Is it wait, hold on cuz you know we have a commissary now. Yeah. Is it like the It's bigger than this one. Okay. Uh, but uh it was uh, uh the baggers that they had there who bagged the groceries and carried them out. Mm-hmm. Um worked for tips only. Uh-huh. So it wasn't an hourly job, but was it lucrative? Uh, Sometimes it could be. It depended on the people. Uh, That's true. But uh, for the guidelines that people used generally were 10 cents a bag. Mm. So, you know, but for a kid in those days where the minimum wage was $1.25 an hour, mm-hmm. uh, you could make... Uh, Sometimes fifty dollars in a really, really busy day. Oh wow, that's nice. So it was, you know, it was good money for mm-hmm. for that. Um, and then I uh, got a job at uh, uh, the officers' club there. Uh, I started and out still in the U.S. Yeah, in okay. the same place okay. in Moses Lake. I st- uh, and I was uh, doing. Uh, Dishwashing for banquets and um, things like that. They had a lot of things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, was that your favorite job in all the world? Oh no, I didn't really <laughs> like that at all. Because you had this big sink and oh, you had boy. put all the dishes in there to get them uh, rinsed off and everything, and then you would uh, put them through the big industrial dishwashers. Oh. Oh, speaking of dishwashers, I, f- I found this out reading a book. Did you know that the, like, I don't know when it was, but the first dishwasher to be invented was by this lady who her, she would tell her servants to treat, like, her china nicely, like, but they would keep being really, like, bad to it. They weren't treating it right. Like, they would, like, break it or whatever. So finally she couldn't take it anymore, so she would wash her own dishes by, like, a little hand crank that would go into the sink and back out again like a little Ferris wheel. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fun fact That's for all of you who cool. didn't. No. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you, by the end of an evening where they had a big banquet, like with two or three hundred people, and then they'd have multiple dishes because it was serving oh, yeah. courses, uh, 
you'd start to taste the garbage because it would just seep through your pores. You know, oh, that's even though so you wore gloves and stuff. Were you uh, the only one on this job? Or? Sometimes, um, sometimes the, they have two of us. But um, anyway, it it paid okay, and I did that for a while. And then uh, they had an opening for uh, a person to clean the club after. Mm. I bet you probably uh, wanted to take that more than the dishes. And I did do that, but it was it was at night after they closed. Okay. So it was. Uh, uh, you know, it was kind of a different sort of job, but uh, it was it was easy enough to do, and I learned how to use buff the floors and. Nice. And how old were you so at this point? I was uh, sixteen, I think, mm. about sixteen when I started uh-huh. there. Um, and then um, I went. I did that until. Uh, I graduated from high school, and then I went to uh, uh, Big Bend Community College over in Moses Lake, mm-hmm. uh, and got a job there near the near the college, working for the, the veterinary practice in Moses Lake, and that was a lot of fun because they um, they went oh out as far as like 50, 60 miles all around Moses Lake. And oh, then wow. you went to these uh, farms and did vaccinations, uh, you know, and work on injured animals. And mm. But we also did surgeries, um, and they had a big table that you, if you had a horse or a cow that needed an operation, they'd bring them into this room well, that's and strap them to the table while it was standing upright and then the hydraulic uh, hydraulic lift would turn the table on the side and oh, you wow. could get up on the table it was big enough you could That's get up on amazing. it and uh, you know get inside <laughs> to do whatever you had to do <laughs> but so I spent many an hour with my uh, arms up to my shoulders in, uh, uh. inside of an animal that's uh, trying to <laughs> Help in the, the rear end work. regions? <laughs> <laughs> no, they, this no? was like in the belly or someplace oh. like that to fix, you know, trying to fix something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was pretty interesting in that way. And then we would go to the uh, veterinarians have to do, of course, they do food inspection every everywhere. And um, I didn't go to the slaughterhouse there, but um, they, uh, I did other food inspections. Um we had one guy that did the slaughterhouse, but uh, we we would go to the sale barns and uh, we had to uh, vaccinate and test uh, uh, cattle and pigs and goats and things like that, but sheep, uh, anything that went through the sale yard. And uh, for cows, they do what they call brucellosis testing. Because that's the disease that causes undulant fever in people. And we don't have much undulant fever anymore. It's mm-hmm. almost unheard of now because, um, you know, we test for it. Yeah. So any any um, cow that was going to be used for breeding mm-hmm. or milking has to, be, uh, has to be tested every time it goes to the sale yard for that, uh, for that disease. And so it's a blood test. Yeah. And uh, 
and it uh, <coughs> pretty easy to do. Cows didn't like it. The the bulls liked it even less. Oh. <laughs> I know. It feels like with the cows. If I really thought about it hard, it seems like some cows, they just seem like all they ever do is complain. Like, at my friend's house, they uh, they live in a big farm, and the um, just ear, I think they slaughtered her now, but you can just hear the, the cow going, moo, in the back very loudly, as though she wants everyone to hear all her life's problems. <laughs> and they're like, oh my goodness. But that's the sound of their, that they make. That's true. That reminds us of her moaning, but... Um, yeah. The, there's nothing worse to be uh, having to deal with than a mad cow. I don't mean mad by mad cow disease, but I just mean uh, an angry cow. Oh no, not a bull, angry cow. Yeah, <laughs> the bulls—they can be quite uh, quite a serious thing to deal with. But a mad uh, cow that's angry can, especially an old cow, a oh, lot of no. times. They'll, um, they'll, they not only chase you up the fences. Oh no! They uh, will keep coming after you every time they spot you. So you got to get them uh, through the chutes. Oh no! And then uh, get them out of there to the pens on back, rather than keeping them in there. Because normally you keep a fair number in the pen and just keep them in a corner. Oh my goodness! But. <laughs> they'll charge you and uh, do some pretty significant damage yeah. if you're not careful. You're like easy Betsy, and then you're like, ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like some. I don't. I don't know if anybody ever told you this, but like, you know, did you ever hear about old Bed when he got in the pen <laughs> and what happened to him? And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, we had fences that were like uh, over six feet tall rail fences wow. and uh, we would climb up on the top oh, of them no. and they were standing on there <laughs> button, button uh, yeah. uh, their heads against the I feel the like you could, you could make a whole bunch of tall tales from that yeah. situation be like <laughs> but the other one that uh, I never really enjoyed much was uh, we had to vaccinate the uh, uh, pigs that came through oh no I know I've seen too many veterinarian shows to <laughs> Remember the squeals. <laughs> well, yeah, but the the you get an old sow, mm-hmm. and you know they even the domestic pigs like the big white ones, the Yorkies and those. Yeah. They have they have tusks. See, they don't show, but they still do have tusks. Oh no! <laughs> um, and uh, they can really do some damage to you with them, but they. Uh, uh, you had to had to give them the shot in one side of their neck, mm-hmm. and then uh, you put the um, uh, an ear tag in there mm-hmm. in their ear, and the ear tags were pieces of metal about uh, was over a quarter of an inch, probably mm-hmm. about uh, uh, three eighths of an inch wide and flat, and uh, it was kind of like a. a an angle, and then it had a a piece coming straight down from one end of it, from one end of the open end, and it, it was pointy, mm-hmm. not a very sharp point, but just kind of a dull point. So, and you'd put that in this pliers, and you clamp it down and go through their ear. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it hurt, but oh, uh, <laughs> but they would try to uh, 
gore you. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the pigs. And some of them were over a 1,000 pounds, and they had these little pens, and they would just be overflowing the pens. They wouldn't fit in them. So they would, uh, you'd have to get, get in there and try to get on the opposite side because they'll oh, always yeah. go towards the side that hurts and uh, squeeze it real quick and then uh, jump back. <laughs> and they're going around that way and did any, get, have time to get yeah, out of the way. Did anybody ever get hurt? Oh, yeah. Did you get hurt, like gored or anything? No, <laughs> uh, closely, almost, but I was a little fa- I learned to be a little faster. Uh, but uh, this woman I knew who had grown up on a farm and, uh, you know, was married to a farmer. And, she knew it. Like, she, uh, knew she was used to this, probably. She'd worked the sale barn. Uh, on, they did it once a week, and she mm-hmm. would work that sale barn at night, too. But she uh, she said, right, here, let me show you how to handle these pigs. And so she'd take her stick. It was like, you know, a walking stick or yeah, something like yeah. that that she used to tap on them to get them to move into things when she was herding them around. Yeah. And she t- took that stick and got both hands and got up on the fence and she started rubbing it on, up and down the back of the pig. Oh. And they would, uh, they kind of, it kind of almost like hypnotizes them a Oh, that's bit, weird. <laughs> but distracts them is more like Yeah. It. And so she would, uh, she would do that. And while she was doing that, she'd say, Okay, I hit him now. <laughs> and so then you could clamp him down, and they'd still scream and go towards you, but it was a lot slower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good thing to know. Yeah. So. <laughs> the piggy whisper. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, besides being the vet, then yeah. after, wait, so did you have the puppy situation, I think, that we talked about a couple yeah, episodes ago? Dur- yeah, during this time? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so then you said, I quit. And then, no. No, I didn't no. do that. No, it's just that. <laughs> Uh, I decided at that point that uh, I kept the job because, you know, it was, it was a job and I needed a job, but it, uh, you know, because I was paying for my schooling and everything, yeah. so uh, it was uh, one of those situations where I thought I wanted to be a vet and then I realized yeah. that... Uh, I'd have to do that. Yeah, like if it was a possibility, then you probably wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, and I thought, well, this is a downside, and I don't think it's one I'm willing to to do. So I I decided then that I wouldn't pursue becoming a vet. But uh, that's not to say that, I mean, you know, now from a more mature angle, I would say, you know, know, there's so many good reasons to be a vet. Yeah. And... uh, that that is one thing, and you could probably refuse not to do it, but it just it kind of <laughs> ruined my idea of what it was. Yeah, it put and a damper on the. <laughs> I had an idealistic look yeah. at what it was, but and um, I I ran short of money and stuff, and so I decided I would uh, come over here, here to this side of the mountains to. Uh, to Washington, guys. <laughs> yeah, to Western Washington to, to get uh, to get a job for a while, and uh, I had friends that were over here, mm-hmm. and so uh, uh, they said, "Well, come on over and stay with us till you find a place." So I came over and 
uh, I found a job at uh, Weyerhaeuser. There used to be, right by the bridge that goes across the river where you're going north to, from Everett to Marysville, not on the freeway, but through across the valley. There, um, that, there used to be two giant mills there. There was a mm-hmm. um, Mill B, which was the second largest lumber mill in the world. Wow. And I was on the um, the side closest to the freeway. Mm-hmm. And the side closer to the water was uh, uh, also a Weyerhaeuser mill, but it was a paper uh, pulp mill where they produced mm-hmm. the pulp to make paper and things like nylon stockings and that sort yeah. of thing. Because uh, all that's wood, made of wood fiber. But they... Uh, I was working the green chain and that's when they take the logs and they uh, they cut them into what they call cants they're big squares uh, not rectangles not squares but they're uh, then they they cut those down into boards mm-hmm. and they're still green the lumber hasn't been cured or anything like that so what we did then was we sorted all those uh, by size, by mm-hmm. uh, length, width, and height, uh, as they're coming off the green chain. They come off pretty fast, kind of like the uh, Lucy show with the chocolate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the things start coming faster and faster and faster. And, you know, you're pulling them off into these piles mm-hmm. and sorting them. And then um, uh, you, uh, then they take them to the kiln and put the and they dry them and make them into lumber that we mm-hmm. used to build with. So how long did you work there? I worked there for about a year, and then I got a draft notice. And <laughs> then? during Vietnam. Yeah, and then we had the whole uh, schooling business in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and then you going to training, and then Korea, and then Ethiopia. Yeah. And then come full circle after you left. Yeah. Well, no. Well, while I was in while I was in Korea, my folks moved to uh, to Turkey. What for? Uh, my dad was uh, managing uh, hotels uh, on the around the Mediterranean mm-hmm. for um, uh, it was uh, for NATO actually. Uh, hmm. But he was still part of the U.S. military. Yeah. But it was like a civilian clothes type of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were they were nice hotels. They weren't on bases or anything. They were uh, full fledged hotels with yeah. entertainment, uh, you know, nice restaurants, mm-hmm. and nice rooms, stuff like that. Uh, but um, anyway, he he was doing that and. Um, they were living in the city of Izmir, which is the ancient city of Smyrna. Oh, uh, that's weird. They just feel like they changed a couple letters around. Yeah. And it's just... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've but, been reading, like, different... Well, for school, we read, uh, I think, Josephus a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then we read the Apostolic Fathers, you know, the letters that aren't... Bib- uh, aren't necessarily biblical canon, but mm-hmm. they're still true. Um, and they talk about, I think the couple letters went to Smyrna too. So yeah, it was. Uh, it's a beautiful location. It's a really beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's near Ephesus. It's about thirty miles from Ephesus. Mm-hmm. But um, 
and uh, Philadelphia is not far from there, and uh, you know a couple of the towns that are mentioned in there, they're yeah. all right in that proximity. But anyway, uh, they, uh, uh, I had, when I, on my last uh, assignment in the military, I mm -hmm. chose to go uh, to, um, uh, I, I had a choice of duty station. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I got a choice, but I did. But they sent me to Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. And um, it was nice because they had a, they had regular supply flights in those big, uh, um, the planes that can take jeeps and oh, wow, stuff like that. Oh, nice. big place. But you, they put a few seats <clears throat> up in the front. <clears throat> and, uh, or you could sit in the cockpit with, yep. the, with the pilots. That's nice. Uh, and uh, they would fly in uh, about three, three or four times a, a week yeah. into Ethiopia to supply their stations there. And um, so I could, anytime I had time off, I could fly up to to Turkey and, uh, and visit my parents. Um, but. Um, uh, I can't remember where we were going with that, but well, so you were, you went to Ethiopia, yeah, and then we think we talked about that, mm -hmm. and then I mean I've been told I don't know where this fits exactly in your life, but I know you worked at a French fry factory. Oh, uh, that was just uh, that was before I went to uh, while well, I was still in uh, my training school mm -hmm. in Massachusetts. Um, I. Uh, I took a leave at the end of my formal training while I was waiting for my security clearance. Because mm -hmm. it takes a year to get a top secret cryptographic clearance. Yeah. And so uh, I was just working on the base as a clerk typist. Mm -hmm. But um, I took a leave and uh, flew home. If you hear a whole bunch of wrestling, by the way, it's because the cat has come yeah. to visit us and really wants to be pet. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the uh, I flew home, and we we were having we had an airline strike hit while I was home. Oh. I had a thirty day leave, and so I took that, and um, so I had no way to get back because there were no flights flying yeah. anywhere. And so uh, my, my dad drove me up to uh, uh, <laughs> he drove me up to uh, uh, Spokane to the military installation up there, mm -hmm. and there was uh, uh, a general that was flying uh, his plane. He, the generals have these planes assigned to them, yeah, and they're like big, big planes. This was. Uh, uh, almost, it wasn't a 707, but it was like a, a Boeing 707, like mm -hmm. a commercial jet. Yeah. Uh, it just it was configured differently, and inside, and um, so he had this plane. He had some seats available. Yeah. But he wasn't going as far as I was going. He was only going to Ohio. Yeah. So uh, he said. My dad talked to him, and he said, sure, I'll take him to Ohio. 
and quite a few other people did, and then you catch another flight out of there. Well, yeah. Of course, I got there, and there's thousands of guys waiting to for, oh. for flights. So I finally got on this uh, uh, military cargo prop plane and mm-hmm. to fly from there to someplace else in the east, um, but towards my goal. And Eventually. Was, uh, the, the, uh, the, they were flying with the door open. Ah. They had a cargo door on the side, and they had just a net, a uh, cargo net. Up on Wait, this. how high were you? Probably not so high. Oh, but... no, it was not so high that you'd need oxygen, so it was probably flying around, you know, 13,000, 14,000 feet. Okay. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, uh, quite an experience. But the seats were not very comfortable. They were those no. benches along the sides and down the middle of the... And they they just had canvas oh. seats and uh, no no so no real support in them or anything and uh, uh, so but it was a lot of fun to be able to stand there at the door and, uh, look look out <laughs> I see <laughs> just imagine if you saw a bird down there the bird's like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> checking you out see a lot of birds <laughs> they were quite a bit below you uh, yeah. but anyway then. Uh, it took me about four flights, different oh, flights, goodness. to get back to Massachusetts where I was. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but it and it took me a few days. Oh wow! So you know, uh, not much sleep or anything like that. No, I got back. You, there's no excuse when you're on leave for not being reporting back on time. You can get in trouble and you know get an Article 15 or even worse, yeah. get put in jail. But um, anyway, so uh, I did do that. I, I worked at a French fry factory when I was home on leave at okay. that time, and it was it was a brand new one that I'm pretty sure it was Orida that put it in uh, outside of Moses Lake, and uh, <laughs> I had something you probably know about me, but most people don't is that. I love French fries, but I'm very particular. I like them to be. I don't like. Yes, the, yes, you are. <laughs> I don't like the ones like McDonald's French fries aren't really French fries to me. I like um, them to be very crispy and uh, kind of a nut brown mm-hmm. color. I'm sure several of our fans are like, "Yes, I agree." And the other half yeah. is like, "No." <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway. Uh, uh, I worked at this factory, and what they did is they made they made the French fries and the various everything tater tots, you know, yeah, uh, crinkle cuts, regular cuts, and then they they pre fry them, uh huh, and that's so that they brown easier when you're uh, when you're cooking them frozen. Yeah. So um, they uh, they pre fry them. So, but the the air gets permeated with this grease, and I think this, probably this whole podcast has been about things like that, but, I mean, because we talked about the garbage thing. That's true, but, but again. <laughs> uh, they have, uh, you know, it just permeates the air, and it sticks to your skin and everything. Yeah. And everywhere you go, people are stuck. They're smelling French fries cooking. You know? Oh my goodness! It's like the French fry uh, equivalent of pig pen from Charlie Brown. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, 
And so, I, but I didn't want a French fry for a long time after I. Oh my goodness! I was there. Eventually, got over that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should probably finish. But on yeah. that note, guys, if you ever decide to work at a French fry factory, beware <laughs> the costs. Yes. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.